This is the St. Longinus's Baptism Podcast Channel. This is going to be listener mailbag number seven, the importance of the rosary. Now, I don't I'd done a previous a previous episode on how the rosary is scriptural. And when this topic came to me, my first thought was, well, you know, I kind of covered that in the in 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 the episode about the rosary being scriptural. And and by the way, if the person who sent me this question, if you do listen to this, please contact me and let me know if the episode about the rosary being scriptural, if it's understandable. Because I went back after uh, you sent in the request for this topic and I I re-listened to it because I wanted to figure out how I was going to do this and for myself personally um, it sounded a little confusing to me so for the person who sent me this question if you listen to this episode send me a message on telegram and let me know if that episode was understandable to you because if it isn't, I think I'm going to redo it to where it's understandable. Because, well, I'll, I'll get into the rosary in a bit. But um, the rosary is, to me, just speaking, you take this for what it's worth. It's my favorite devotion. It is absolutely my favorite devotion. And it's not just a devotion, though. It's a prayer. It is a prayer. It's a devotion and it's a prayer. Um, and when you pray the Hail Mary, you're asking for Mary's intercession with God for whatever your needs and necessities are. And that does kind of remind me. I'm I'm gonna go off of the rosary um the things you pray for in the rosary. I'm gonna go what the heck? Oh here we go. I'm gonna go um and list the things Depending on the day it is, the the virtues that you're praying for. So give me just a second here. Okay, so for the joyful mysteries, for oh, and as I said in the previous episode. Before you even start 
like the rosary for that day, and you basically have the joyful mysteries, the sorrowful mysteries, and the glorious mysteries. And no, you Vatican II people, the luminous mysteries do not count. They were made up by a heretic. They don't count. Don't care what you think. Don't, don't care about all that. They don't count. Anyway, so before you even start the first decade of the joyful mystery, you ask Mother Mary's um, intercession with, or I'm sorry, yeah, with the spirit of holy joy. And then for the meditations, the first meditation is the Annunciation. Or I'm sorry, the first decade. The first decade is the Annunciation. The, the grace that you're asking for on the Annunciation is for humility. On the second decade of the Joyful Mysteries, the... Um, grace that you're asking for is fraternal charity. It just means family charity. Although, in my mind, I include it in just charity towards your fellow man in general. For the third decade, with, uh, for the Joyful Mysteries, which is the Nativity, you ask for the spirit of poverty and detachment from temporal goods. So basically, if you're the type of person that if some guy walks up to you and says, hey, jackass, you know, just really, really annoys you. If you're the type of person that you insult a person back, or if you're really the fiery type, if you punch him in the nose for being a jackass, you're asking for to be more meek and, meek and gentle. Um, and the detention, uh, detachment from temporal goods, that just means being happy with what you're blessed with and being grateful for any additional things that God blesses you with. For the fourth um, decade of the Joyful Mystery, which is the presentation of Jesus in the Temple, um, those two graces that you're asking for is holy obedience and holy purity. On the fifth decade of the Joyful Mysteries, uh, which is Jesus in the temple with, with the uh, doctors, is um, you're asking for a pure love of Jesus and of his blessings and graces and fidelity and devotedness to one's duty. By the way, the things I'm listing here, they're from the Father Lasance's prayer book. Um, each, the, the, the graces that are asked for are kind of more or less the same, but they do vary from rosary booklet to rosary booklet. I, I got to admit, I kind of like Father Lasance's, um, his, the way he did his, but, um, this is not an absolute 
guideline. I mean, there are plenty of rosary booklets. As long as they uh, were written prior to 1958, you should be fine. So for the sorrowful mysteries, um, the spirit of those, uh, the graces of those mysteries are the spirit of compassion, contrition, and reparation. On the first decade, which is the agony of the garden, you're asking for fervor in prayer and sorrow for sins, that grace. For the second decade, the scourging at the pillar, you're asking for the grace of penance and especially mortification of the senses. For the third decade, the crowning of thorns, you're asking for moral courage and love of humiliations. I ain't gonna lie, the love of humiliations is a particular sticking point, at least for right now. Um, the fourth decade is the carrying of the cross. Um, that grace is for holy patience. And the fifth decade, the crucifixion, is self-sacrifice for God, our neighbors, and forgiveness of injuries. The forgiveness of injuries is definitely a sticking point. I like to say of myself amongst people I know that I hold a grudge like Khomeini. Now, I wish I could take credit for that thought. It's not originally mine. I actually got it off this TV show, Seinfeld. And for the glorious mysteries, the grace that you're asking for in this mystery is the spirit of adoration and faith. And for the first decade, which is the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, um, you're asking for the graces of faith, hope, and charity. The second decade, was, which is the ascension of our Lord to heaven, we're asking for the graces of confidence in God and desire of heaven. For the third decade, the descent of the Holy Ghost upon the Virgin Mary and the Apostles, you're asking for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, love of God, and zeal for souls. For the fourth decade, the assumption of the Mother Mary into heaven, we're asking for the grace of utter and complete devotion to Mother Mary. And when I get into the importance of the rosary, you'll understand um, why this is important. And then the fifth mystery, I'm sorry, the first, uh, fifth decade is the coronation of the Blessed Virgin Mary in heaven. We're asking for the grace of perseverance and holiness to a happy death and that will marry, merit a crown of eternal glory. Now, the question that I was asked to cover was the importance of the rosary. The reason 
And I did cover this in my first, um, my other uh, podcast about the rosary. These graces that you're asking for, um, in the rosary, they are essential. They are absolutely essential for your growth in the spiritual life. They're absolutely if you're not if you're not asking for Mother Mary's um um uh, prayers that you receive these graces, you're not going to grow in the spiritual life. Um you can do other prayers, but these these prayers that I just listed in the rosary are absolutely essential in the spiritual life. And I'm going to cover a, in a little bit why you're asking for Mother Mary's um, intercession. Now, I've covered it in a previous episode, but as I never get tired of saying... Not everybody, I, I can't assume that anybody's heard any of the prior podcasts, so you're just going to have to bear with me, but I will get to this. Um, so, as a prayer, it is essential, okay, it is absolutely essential for these for these graces to ask for these graces um now as a devotion i can tell you from personal experience you take this for what it's worth that doing the rosary as often as you can as i said previously in a previous episode i should say um That even when I was in the Vatican II sect, I was praying the rosary. And when I when I when I went into RICA and the priest there for Vatican II, I'm talking about, and the priest there gave me the guide to the rosary and said, "You need to do this." At first, I was praying the four mysteries of the Vatican II Rosary. And then as I started delving more into what I call uh, neo-traditionalism, I stopped doing the, the luminous mysteries because the neo-trads were saying, well, no, this is part of their cognitive dissonance. They were saying, well, no, um, the luminous mysteries are not acceptable. Even though it was made by their Pope, and I put that in inverted quotas, uh, quotation marks, Pope uh, Watia, Mr. Watia. They recognized him as Pope, but the mystery that he added to the rosaries, don't recognize it. Cognitive dissonance much. Anywho, um, but I, 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 um, 
I prayed the rosary not as much as I should have, but as much as much I'm I'm just gonna be honest. I was gonna try to church it up as much as I felt like it. Which is also anybody who's in the spiritual life, you don't pray when you feel like it. You pray even when you're tired, your kids have been acting up, you had a rough day at work, uh you and your wife had an argument, it doesn't matter. You pray anyway. Anyhow the reason why the rosary is important as a devotion is because, and like I said, I know it took me like five minutes to get to where I'm going with this. It makes you closer to the Blessed Virgin Mary. I cannot take credit for the fact that I got serious about my Catholicism last year. I can absolutely assure you it was not me. It was the Blessed Mary's intercession with her son that got me serious about this. But then I trust me, I'm I'm gonna get into the part why her intercession and why devotion to her is vital in your spiritual life. But um, if, if, if the closer you get to Mary, the closer you get to Jesus. I can't put it any plainer, any simpler than that. Um, as I said previously, I, I could give you a theological uh, Mariology discussion on Mary's role in... Lord Jesus' salvific, salvific plan. But honestly, as I said previously, this is not a theological show. Okay? And already, I'm, uh, I've been told that, you know, um, I'm way too ignorant and, in, and inexperienced in covering the topics that I already do cover. And honestly speaking... I don't listen to that nonsense because I'm not talking about stuff that, number one, I'm not talking about things that I don't at least have a working, conversant knowledge of. But secondly, the things I talk about in this podcast are things that is traditional, I'm sorry, true Catholic set of a contest. You should, you should already know this stuff. And the whole reason I did this podcast was because, once again, I'm going to put out the disclaimer, not all Sedvacantists, but certain segments of Sedvacantists seem to be ignorant of some of the aspects of Catholicism, which by their very nature as true Catholics, they, they, should, that, they should already know this. Once again, not all set of a contest, just a certain segment. And my purpose in doing this podcast is to help people. And by the way, you know, if, if the fact that I just, you know, I've only been in the church for a minute, 
bothers you, you don't have to listen to what I'm saying. As I also say, everything I talk about has already been covered by seven conscious priests and bishops who have videos on YouTube. So you have no excuse. Don't like me, don't like the message, don't like what I'm about, fine. You know, um, what I'm saying though hasn't already been covered. And I recommend resources that I find useful. You know, but people are who they are and depending on the person, you know, you can take it or leave it. Now, the reason that understanding, before I get into the, the importance of understanding why Mary is so important, a relationship with her is, um, I'm going to list in my show notes because I did not list this particular book. And I have read this book when I was in the Vatican II sect, but because I was woefully ignorant, lazy, and complacent, I did not get the full importance of what St. Louis de Montfort was teaching. He has a book called The Secret of the Rosary, and it's relatively cheap. You can get it for $5 in any, you know, set of a conscious bookstore. Actually, all of his books, if you... I consider St. Louis de Montfort, there's a reason I hammered this guy, the best modern in relative terms because he, he uh, wrote his books in the 1700s. He's the best modern uh, Mariologist that I've ever come across. And... Um... One of the drawbacks of the traditional uh, books, let me rephrase this, one of the drawbacks to the traditional publishers who publish his books are, is they, they keep his, his verbiage from the 1700s and they keep the grammar and all that of the 1700s. And to those who are not used to this, quite frankly, I don't think I'll ever get used to it, but he writes in a simple enough manner that um, you can get you can get the gist of what he's trying to say. But um, because of the verbiage, because of the grammar and the sentence structure, they, they kept it that way. And honestly speaking, as in my previous episode where I talked about the older prayers and devotions being in the 15th century, I'm sorry, the 16th century English, you can... You can update the language without doing, without doing, um, 
damage to the message. You can update, you know, the, the language to the 20th century without damaging the, con the, the core concepts and the core messages of these things. It's the same thing with St. Louis de Montfort. Because we, and I, I don't want to go back to my previous episode that I did, but we have to deal, you know, we, I don't care what kind of fantasy world you're living in where you think that you're some 15th century monk. You're not. You're a modern just like I am. So it needs to be put in a way that's understandable and accessible to a modern person. Otherwise, you know, people with the best of intentions may actually, even though the book is perfectly orthodox, but because it's written in an archaic way, may get the wrong idea from what the book is saying because, you know, uh, and by the way, for you, Hardcore set of a contest. How many people do you actually know in your day-to-day -day existence who can understand English from the 17th century? Uh, I'm sorry, the 18th century? Or for that matter, in the 16th century? If you... Well, I'll put it to you this way. Um... And I'm just going to be flat out blunt. I've consumed a lot of set of the contest um, content outside of priests and bishops who have been through the seminaries. Your average set of the contest doesn't even, for the most part, I'm going to throw that out there, for the most part doesn't even understand the core tenets of their belief system, more or less read archaic English from the 18th century and the 16th century. Oh, I'm sorry, the 17th century and the 15th. Um, uh, let me go back. The 1700s and the 1500s. They don't even understand that English. Or that would be my guess. Because you have books, traditional books, that are written in very accessible language and they don't even understand their core tenets and beliefs. So this is the point I'm trying to make. We have to make it accessible. Now, with making it accessible, um, it de it's going to depend on the individuals, obviously. Which is why I, I, I made very... I made a very careful point to point out... I'm not saying all said contests don't understand the core tenets of their... of our belief system. But I've run into a lot of them who don't. But this is not the bag on said contests. This is to explain why the rosary is important. So, the reason why you need an important, 
I'm sorry, the reason why a relationship with Mother Mary is so vital to your spiritual life is because, as I said in a previous episode, um, Jesus has all the graces. Him and the Holy Ghost and the Heavenly Father all have the graces. But they give them to Mother Mary, the Father because she's his daughter, the Holy Ghost because he is her spouse, and the um, Jesus because he is their son. They give her the graces to distribute as she sees fit. And anybody who has read about Mariology knows that um, unless you have a particular grace from God, and I'm not, I'm not going to say it's not a possibility. It is, but unless you have a special grace from God, you cannot skip Mary. You cannot go bypass Mary and ask Jesus himself for these graces and blessings. That's where the Protestants have errors. And that's going to lead me to my next point. I listed in one of my previous episodes St. John Eudes and St. Louis de Montfort. They were kind of contemporaries. They were both French priests who had their own apostolates in France in the 16 and 1700s. Now at that time, you had, especially in the Catholic Church in France, the heresy of Jansenism. As I said in a previous episode, the heresy of Jansenism is just the heresy of Calvinism with a Catholic facade. And so, these guys knew that if they said flat out, bluntly, and in your face, no, 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 you don't have to go through Mary. Mary, you know, Mary's just an average woman. You don't go through her. You go to Jesus. They would have been, you know, um, run out of town on a rail. So what they were, uh, first of all, because these two of these uh, saints, and they're both saints, St. Louis de Montfort and St. John Eudes, because they were teaching the importance of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Jansenist hierarchy, the bishops, were throwing every stumbling block they could that, these got, that their word could not get out. And they actually had to appeal to the popes of their time for a... Uh, apostolacy that did not have to answer to the local bishops but answered directly to Rome the Pope himself because you know they couldn't they couldn't accomplish their mission and by the way by the way for those of you who are infected with the sin of, uh, the heresy of Jansenism uh, the popes of their time granted them this if these guys well first of all 
they could have been heretics and be made saints. But beyond all that, even if they weren't saints, their message was recognized by their popes as being important enough to get out to the average Catholics. Now, in St. Louis de Montfort's books, and I can't, he mentions it in a couple of them. I can't remember which ones off the top of my head. But he mentions the fact that you, you, he was talking, he, he, he doesn't come right out and say like the priests or the bishops were teaching this. But if you understand church history, he was referring to Jansenists, whether clergy or laity, who say, "Well, we we attach too much we attach too much importance to Mary. We're worshiping Mary." Da 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 da. That's Calvinism. That well, it's Protestantism. Because St. Louis de Montfort flatly states that when you have a love and adoration for the Blessed Mother, by extension, you have a love and an adoration for her son. Okay? And I just explained why that you cannot skip Mary and go straight to Jesus. I just explained why. So... You know, to those of you who say, well, I'm afraid that I'll be idolizing Mary and, and I, I, I won't love Jesus. You take this for what it's worth. I found that through the rosary and these two following devotions, the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, that I've actually grown closer to Jesus I mean, in my own imperfect way, obviously. Because nobody who ever listens to these episodes is ever going to accuse me of being a saint. And even if they did, I'd deny it hotly. You know. <laughs> no, I, I'm nowhere near a saint. But it has helped me to grow closer to Jesus. So this is why the rosary is so important. Now... I would invite anyone who listens to this. My, my telegram address is in a couple of the show notes. And it's definitely within the notes of the podcast itself. My telegram address is there. If you have any questions that are topics. It doesn't have to be the importance of Mother Mary. It can be about anything. Ask me. I tried to be obliging. So, I want to thank you guys for listening. And I hope and pray, I really hope and pray that it's been a blessing to you. I really did. That you get something out of this. And, as my usual disclaimer, um, I thank you for your time. I do. Because you didn't have to listen. You did. And um even if you think I'm full of crap, 
if you gave me your time, I appreciate it. I'm not asking you to agree with me. I'm not. If you gave me your time, I'm just thanking you for your time. Um, take this for what it's worth. I'm praying for you all. And I want, uh, I would like to see as many people saved, go to heaven as is possible. But at the end of the day, we are responsible for our own salvation. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. God bless you. Bye-bye.